0: This week, I was accused of comparing students to prisoners, and I only substitute taught one day. All right, guys, I know you think it would be out of character for me to ever refer to students as prisoners. I'll tell you what happened this week that resulted in somebody saying that. First of all, a little housekeeping. Those of you that have tried to join our Substitute Teachers Lounge Facebook group, most of you have gotten in. Here's why some of you didn't. There are now three questions you need to answer and just, you know, the general thing about conforming to the rules of the of the group. If you just quickly go through there, don't realize those questions are there, then the group will not accept you. So make sure when you go through there, we're over 1,000 now, 1,000 group members. So make sure when you go in there that you answer those questions. They're pretty generic. It's not going to be any big deal, so answer them. I'll let you in, and then you're free to post your little heart out and to be as controversial as you want to be as long as you're respectful of each other. Now, let's play a game. All right, you ready? Those of you that listen to the podcast today, I assume that you are a, for the most part, a frequent listener. You've probably listened to the last few I'd say that's a pretty good bet because we had a lot of listens to both the last two. The, two weeks ago, the one we, where I talked about quitting, that was our most popular episode in its first seven days of any that I've released in the last, it's a little bit over a year and a half. Last week's was not quite as strong, but still in the top five of those in the last year and a half, so very strong as well. Now... You podcast people, the ones that have been listening, I'm going to give you five seconds. And I want you to think about, you You have all the details, by the way. I want you to think about how I could possibly have compared students to prisoners. All right. You got five seconds. All right. I hope none of you came up with it. Some of you probably did. I am a super positive person. You know that. Sometimes people might refer to that as being naive. I don't think so. Here's what happened, okay? Last week's episode was entitled, How Substitute Teachers Should Use a Snitch. Now, think about that for a few moments. I put that together because something came up the week prior to that where a student told on another student, more from the homework standpoint of view, of course, if there's something serious, as I mentioned in the podcast, then you do have to do what you got to do as far as the school protocol goes. But that was the title of the podcast, How Substitute Teachers Should Use a Snitch. That word gets used in the classroom all the time. Hey, you know, Johnny is snitching on Amy, especially in the lower grades. I hear that word come up from time to time, but think about that for a little while. Now, think about this too. On Sunday mornings, after the podcast has been out roughly 12 hours, I post a link directly to the podcast on about five or six different Facebook groups. They all have to do with teaching, substitute teaching or school administration, okay? I try not to do anything that takes people away from other groups. That's not my intention. I just want them to know that there's a podcast out there, and I would like for them to listen to it. That's just marketing. That's just marketing. So I did that last week too. Everything went great except for one group. And within that group, it went bad for one person, and because of that one person, they got people fired up about the podcast. Now, to be honest, I think the majority of the negative comments that came out were without even listening to the podcast. It was just based on that title, how a substitute teachers should use a snitch, okay? So, I made a few comments. I told them that I never would have reacted the way they did. And again, they reacted to the title. Now, did some of them, because of all this, go listen to it? Yeah, probably. I probably picked up some listens. You know, in the world of social media, any kind of news is good news as far as popularity goes or perhaps negative popularity. There, of course, can be some times when something comes out negative about somebody else, and it causes you maybe to stop following them. But anyway, here's what happened. On this particular Facebook group, it was more of the administration variety. Somebody mentioned that I should never use the word snitch or informer because, get this, they are primarily used in prison dealings these days or with police administration. And I don't want students referred to as prisoners. That's what started the conversation. Now, I looked up the definition of snitch. In fact, I even looked up the definition. I typed in snitch slang because I wanted to see what the biggest slang terms were for the use of the word snitch. Here's what came up Snitch is slang and is defined as to steal or tattle. An example of snitch is for the child to tell on his sibling for stealing the cookies. All right? That was the first definition. That was the first slang definition. If you go to just a straight dictionary definition, it means to steal or tattle. There are other definitions that have to do with informing police officers in a cooperative way, that in itself is sort of a positive definition as well. But by far and away, snitch and inform are just words that in its their simplicity just mean to tell somebody about somebody else. Snitch normally associated with negative and Informing is often associated with positive, even though you might be saying a negative thing. Betray was in there. But regardless, here's my point. The first thing that that administrator, if it is an administrator, chose to post was, don't ever use the word snitch or informer because that makes the children prisoners. I paraphrased. I paraphrased to my advantage a little bit, but that's the way... The people that read that comment took it. Now, after he had only gotten a couple of likes, I posted that definition, and then I got some likes. Then he posted something again to try to get people fired up, and all of a sudden people thought that was just terrible that I had used that word. I bowed out of the conversation. I'm not one of those that thinks they have to have the last say on anything in most situations. There's probably some where I'm not like that. Probably where I'm not like that is more with family and friends. But anyway, so that's how all that happened. And it made me think there are people out there. Now, before I offend somebody, let me say this. You might be among the people that that popped into your head too. If you did, I'm guessing And I hate to keep going back to this, but it's true. I'm guessing that you perhaps teach in an area where there is a higher disciplinary problem in your schools than there are in mine. Or where you see news about prisoners or about, I don't know, i just use the word evil, criminals perhaps all of the time where you might even maybe you watch a lot of movies in where in which snitch and informer are always used in a negative way so your mind is already in that mood i'm going to guess that since we had a whole bunch of listens last week to last week's podcast there are some of you that that same thought popped into your mind now none of you said anything So I was a little bit surprised since this one page said a lot, this one Facebook group. But, you know, I understand there's different environments. Where I live, this is the God's honest truth. Prisoners never popped into my head when I was talking about snitches and informers. In fact kids use that term all the time about somebody that tells on somebody else. Never has a discussion, even in high school, come up in my area about how snitches are prisoner or law-type things. Well, that's never really come up. They all use it the same way. They all use it as a classroom person who told something negative about somebody else, okay? Now, you know that if you listened to that podcast last week, I addressed everything that that person posted. And had he listened to it before just blindly posting that comment about prisoners, he would have understood that we were really both on the same side. We were both saying what we shouldn't be using snitches for. We were both saying the same thing. He just happened to be reacting to the title without listening to the podcast. The title, I've talked about this forever, the title is to grab your attention, to get you to listen. Then I support the title by telling maybe that's not the best thing to do. And that's what I did in that episode too. So I said all that in the past 12 minutes to say this. Do you walk into a situation, whether it's substitute teaching or anything, but most of my examples obviously will be for substitute teachers, do you walk into a situation thinking negative things before you think positive things? Do you walk onto Facebook groups looking forward to getting people fired up negatively about what you have to say? Do you go into a substitute teacher situation, almost looking for something negative to happen so that you can come down hard on the student that created the situation. I'm guessing there's some people like that. Now, let's get this right out in the open right away. There are no such things as positive personalities and negative personalities. That's not a personality trait. That is a state of mind. It doesn't matter whether you're an introvert or an extrovert. It doesn't matter whether you're a para teacher or a secretary in a school or an administrator or a teacher or a substitute teacher. Positive and negative are not personalities. They are states of mind, and they can be corrected. Go back to introverts and extroverts. For for the most part— those can't be corrected. Although my father told me often that I was an introvert when I was younger and I was an extrovert after I got out into the business world. So I don't agree with that. He probably didn't know some of the things that I did in high school. So that's part of that issue. But anyway, let's talk about our mindsets when we go into substitute teach that makes us go in with a negative chip on our shoulder rather than a positive. All right, so let's analyze our minds. We're going into a school that we've had some bad, oh, let's call it mojo. There's a lot of stuff going on in a school that might make you feel a certain way. You go into that school, and you've got two choices. You can walk in with a negative mindset, what am I going to encounter today, or... You can walk in with a positive mindset. Again, what am I going to encounter today? Here's what I would caution you not to do. Don't automatically go into a situation that's been negative for you in the past. Even if you know you're going to deal with a student you've dealt with in the past. You've heard me say on podcasts that one of the students that I had the most difficulty with in one class at one time he actually apologized to me one day, even to the point of saying, Listen, I know we didn't get off on the best foot. That's probably my fault, but I know from talking to the other students, he hadn't met me before. I know from talking to the other students that they enjoy having you in the classroom. I appreciate you here. In fact, if you know, if if there's you can even help me with some things if you don't mind, or Send me to somebody in the subjects that I need help on. So it worked out well. He now speaks to me every day in the classroom. Do I ever see him put in the quote troublemaker classroom for a day because he's done something in the cl- in a class? Yes, I have. And he usually tells me about it. I'll see him walking down the hallway and he said, Man, here's what I did. I should have known better. I should have realized that. A teacher would have taken offense to something I said, and he's very upfront about it. So, even when you've encountered negative students, walk in with a positive mindset. It's hard. I know it's hard. It's easier for me than it is for teachers in other areas. I would even say this. Even in my area, teachers that have had a lot of—substitute teachers, too—that have had a lot of experience with negative things— Whether that be coming from another career where you got treated negatively, especially if for no reason or for an incorrect reason, it's hard not to have that mindset. I will say this. I'm 64. Did I ever have a negative mindset? I will say I did at times. I don't think my quote, I don't want to even say personality because I just talked you out of that. I would even say that I had a negative mindset for weeks at some times, but then if I had time to think about it, if I had time to think, all right, this has been negative. What are some positive ways that I can try to turn this around? It worked out a lot better for me. It is incorrect for me to sit here and say, you're either a negative person or a positive person. That's not true. You can be positive sometimes and negative sometimes. If... You're the kind of person who every time someone says anything, that you immediately have a negative response. Well, I'd like to tell you that those people probably don't enjoy you doing that. They probably don't enjoy that no matter what they say, you have a negative reaction. You have a chip on your shoulder. Maybe... There's there's several different things it could involve. Maybe they said something you feel like you know more than them, at least on this subject. Maybe you feel like you know more than them about everything, but you feel like you know more than them, so you immediately say something about how you could have done so much better. Well, that's negative, guys. That is a negative comment. I always think about cars. Somebody comes in bragging about the deal they got on a car. And the other person in a negative environment I can think of, boy, you know, last week a story from the fourth grade popped into my head. This week I just thought of a story that would have happened in 1982 in an office. I bought a new car. I was excited about the deal I got. There wasn't as much blue bookie type stuff that you did back then to see if you got a good deal. I was happy. I was satisfied. I didn't put myself in an uncomfortable payment situation. But yet, the person I worked with, who is actually a pretty nice person, he couldn't wait to tell me how I could have gotten a better deal. He couldn't wait to tell me. In fact, he worded it this way. I could have gotten a better deal than that. Guys, that's what not what somebody wants to hear. Let's take it to students. I'll tell you a phrase that a student shared with me about a real teacher that she probably didn't even realize she was saying something negative, or at least that would be thought of as negative by the student. The student came up to me. I forget what we're doing. I just didn't ask him, you know, what have teachers said to you to make you mad? I didn't ask him that. We were going over something in a computer class, but I was also teaching a math class at the time, long term. And I knew he had math with a different teacher. And I said, how's your math going? We had some time to just kind of socialize. It might have even been like the day before Christmas break or something. So it was more of a general party type atmosphere where we do something fun in the classroom, all that good stuff. He said, you know, I've always liked math, but I've gotten to the point that I never asked my teacher for help anymore. My grades are suffering. I said, well, why don't you ask her for help? He said, because every time I ask her for help, the first thing out of her mouth, every time is, you should already know that, or you should already remember that. And he said, it makes me reluctant. It makes me not want to ask her any questions because she puts me in an embarrassing situation. Now, you as adults are sitting there right now and might be saying, well, he shouldn't be embarrassed. I disagree. It's his mind. It's his, I don't know, personality. It's him. It's a young person. They get embarrassed easily. I'm guessing if she said you should already know that, she didn't whisper it in his ear. She probably said it, even if she said it in a normal voice, there were probably other students around her, I know for a fact, maybe I'm going back to what my father said about me being an introvert. There were years of my schooling. I made good grades, but there were years of my schooling that if a teacher had told me I should already know that, I wouldn't ask her again. I'd probably go out of my way to try to figure it out on my own, ask maybe a student who I knew was really smart, can you help me with this? Now, granted, the teacher just didn't say only you should know this. She went on to explain the answer, but it still made that student reluctant. Now, substitute teachers, here's what you need to do. Think of all the positive things you can do for students. Work on getting their names right. Work on dealing with them in the classroom in such a way that they have a positive experience with you. Here's how you're going to know If you react negatively every time a student asks you something, does something in the classroom, those students will not enjoy having you back. If you act positive all the time, now I don't mean drippy or sugary or sugar-coated or obvious types of over-positive situations, I mean genuinely helpful and positive to the students, they will want you to come back. Don't go into the schoolroom thinking about what is going to be negative today. Think about what's going to be positive today. Don't read the title of something and think, that's terrible. Go listen to what it has to say first. If a podcast has a title that's challenging, that's controversial, listen before you just spout off about it, okay? That's what this episode is about. Are you one of those substitute teachers who goes in to every schoolroom situation wondering how you can be negative that day? You might not call it negative. You may not even realize it's negative, but it doesn't matter. It's the perception of the other people. If your immediate reaction, if, if a student or a teacher reacts negative to you, is to be negative to them, that is not going to help the situation. Be a positive person. Create an environment for those students where they not only want to have you there, but they trust what you have to say, and they look at you as a positive person. Don't create a situation where they think so negatively of you, they don't want you back. Some of you may be proud of that. Some of you may be proud of your negativity. Some of you might have that smirk on your face like, look what I got by with this time. I put them in their place. I don't want you around me if you're like that. I want the school environment to be as much fun as possible for the students. I want the teachers to ask me back. It killed me two weeks ago to have to tell those that one particular school that I didn't want to long-term sub anymore because I had some, quote, retirement fun things I wanted to do, including travel and all that kind of stuff. So always be positive. Sometimes it's tough. I'll give you that. Sometimes it's very tough to stick with a positive attitude. But I have learned, I wasn't always like this, I have learned the more times you're positive, even in a negative situation, the more times that is going to work out positively in the end for you. Negatives on negatives just create a bigger negative. (laughs) Now we're in math class. Not multiplication, two negatives equal positive in that that, uh, situation. But if you're adding one negative on top of another negative, that gives you a bigger negative that is in life too, Negative and negative and negative and negative will create more negative. One positive situation can often turn a negative situation positive. So that's what we all need to practice on. Quit overreacting to something that wasn't intended to, that, to be that way. Get all your details first and turn all those situations into a positive experience.